welcome to Healthy Perspectives with Jeremiah, a podcast that brings you current social and cultural issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Welcome back to those who are returning. For those who are new, we appreciate your time. Please like, subscribe, follow, do those things. Uh, It will be helpful for us as we get the word out uh, that we are spreading, which is, hey, let's gain a healthy perspective on things. Let's take a look at things from different vantage points. Let's grow. Let's do our own work and change our culture as a result. The culture will shift when you make a shift, when I make a shift, when we collectively make shifts. We've seen that in the recent days with people deciding where they put their money, uh, where they put their time, their energy, uh, the other resources that we have. When we maximize those, we can make a difference. You can make a difference, not only in your own life, but in the lives around you. And with that, today, I'm going to hit a topic that my, my hope is this, this will sting a little bit, not in a bad way, in a good way. I want it to sting a little bit. I have uh, been on social media. I, I, I try to do a little bit on social media routinely. I try not to get overly involved in social media. It's easy to get lost in that little wormhole. And one of these things that comes up I don't know, relatively often. And, you know, it's people who are busy hating. So I don't take it personal. And yet it does make me think from time to time, why is our culture hating on people because of a viewpoint? And that viewpoint is phobias. Like what if, what if somebody truly has a phobia, a phobia of say spiders, arachnophobia, or a social phobia, a specific social phobia, like when I'm in the room uh, as a uh, a male and it's all females except for me, I'm the only male, which by the way, does occur in my profession a little bit often. I mean, I, you know, I put myself in, in a position where as a, a, a professional counselor, the vast majority of the professional uh, counselors around me are not men. There are some. So I definitely appreciate that because it's nice to have some representation at the table. That being said, even if there weren't any others, if I was the only one, I would still do this because this is what I'm made to do. But when I'm in the room with, you know, say 20 females and there's one male, me, does that create an an elevated anxiety? Yeah. Does it create a phobia? A no. Not at all. And let me explain to you why. I'm going to give you real information here. All right. This is real information. This is not what you're going to go out there and look up on the internet. Google isn't going to help you with these things. What I'm going to tell you is straight out of the DSM. Now the DSM, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, give you some exactly as it is, and then I'm gonna give you some from experience as well, and then we're gonna hit a couple of really tough topics. So hang in there with me. At the end, I got a little quiz for you to find out if you have some phobias that are interfering with your ability to impact the world in a positive and healthy way versus spewing hate. Okay, so. 
here's what we know about phobias. Phobias fall under the classification of anxiety disorders, which means we have an elevated emotional state in a situation where our phobia, our trigger, our uh, whatever it is that scares us, that we are afraid of, is present. So if we're afraid of spiders and we see spiders in our space, right? Like crawling along the couch or, you know, maybe, you know, hanging out on the steering wheel of the car when we get in. Now, I hope that didn't freak any of you out. But if we experience that, our heart rate increases, we have an immediate anxiety response to that specific trigger. And if we have it consistently day in and day out over time, then we could classify that as a phobia. So let's talk about anxiety for a second. Anxiety is anxiety disorders differ from developmentally normative fear or anxiety by excessive or persistent beyond developmentally appropriate periods. Persistence beyond developmentally appropriate periods. So here's the reality. When you were a teenager and you're you're developing hormones and you're beginning to see somebody as a sexual being, that's normal phobia. That's not like, that's actually not even phobia. That's just anxiety as we are developing. And it's nothing unusual. That's not a disorder. Now, if it persists into our 20s, our 30s, well, then maybe because it's no longer developmentally appropriate. All right. So were we tracking with that? I hope we're tracking with that. They also differ from transient. Transient. You know what the word transient means? transient fear or anxiety. Those are the ones that come and go. I'll give you an example. Uh, when I, so I'm not really afraid of heights. However, I learned as a parent, when my kid is standing next to the cliff, even though I don't have a fear of heights, I have this reaction that's different when my kid is standing next to a cliff than when I am standing. I trust me. I know my limitations. I know that I am averting that risk by taking certain precautions. So I teach my children how to take those precautions and my anxiety around that diminishes. That's transient. It was there. It's not there. Now, if my kids don't follow the very basic expectations, which for me, when it comes to a cliff, for example, is if you are standing next to the cliff, you need to be an entire body length away from the cliff edge. What does that mean? That means you can fall down. And even in the worst situation, you're not going over the cliff. So if you want to get closer to the edge of the cliff, you got to get on your knees or you got to lay on your belly. So that's, that's kind of the rule of thumb that I use because if you're already on the ground, how are you going to fall to the ground and over the cliff? Make sense? Okay. So that was a transient phobia. That's not the same thing as phobia. That's really just an anxiety that I needed to resolve with appropriate healthy boundaries. Gone, all right? 
So um, often stress-induced by being persistent is requirement. It's got to be stress-inducing and persistent or it's not a phobia. I mean, it's not anxiety. All right. Okay. Moving on. Since individuals with anxiety disorders typically overestimate the danger in situations they fear or avoid, it requires assistance to fully understand what's going on. Why? I enter a situation, my emotions go up to a seven or an eight out of 10. In reality, the danger is a two or a three out of 10. It's very low. That's reality. Reality versus, ooh, ringing. Okay, reality versus emotion. Sometimes emotion is there to make you pay attention to reality. That's why anxiety exists. It's by design. If you didn't have anxiety, would you ever study for a test? Probably not, right? You would, you would be apathetic. You wouldn't care, right? Anxiety is there for a reason. It's good and it's healthy in moderation and it's necessary. So when we have that anxiety response, it's designed to wake us up to the reality of risk. It is not designed to make us fearful and elevate us to an unreasonable amount and then remain there. That is unhealthy, which is where phobia can creep in. So let's, let's move on. Um, the, oh, by the way, from a clinical perspective, let me, let me give you a little caveat here. Part of the reason I said, you know, you need help to identify them is because your emotions are elevated. A therapist, somebody who is trained in the counseling world, will take a look at cultural factors, right? Will assess the risk in reality. Like, what are the chances you're going to get into an accident? What are the chances you're going to fall over the cliff? What are the chances a bear will attack you? By the way, in a group of four or more, it's almost unheard of that a bear would attack. So the rule of thumb, be in a group of four or more. There's only been like three or four in the history of our, our, our record keeping where a bear has attacked a group of three or more. And I believe, I'm not positive, but almost all of those, maybe all of those involved a cub. So, you know, you take a bear that doesn't have a cub in a group of four or more, you're safe. You're just safe. Huddle up, pay attention, move together, and you're probably good to go. But fear will kick in. And we'll elevate that to a nine or a 10. And it's the one who runs that becomes the problem, right? It's like the straggler that's going to be the one who gets attacked. Why? Because they're not in a group of four or more. All right. So we as clinicians were trained and practice routinely looking at the contextual features and the cultural context. That's our job. That's what we do. So we provide those insights and we allow a person to compare the emotion and reality and go, oh, I got to rebalance. Boom. All right. Now, it sounds simple. It's not that simple. I'm not suggesting it's going to just happen because all of a sudden you see something that you didn't see, although that is a part of it and that's a helpful part of it. All right. So individuals with specific phobia, we're going to move more into the phobia. Individuals with specific phobia 
are fearful or anxious about or avoidant, avoidant of objects or situations, which means there is a specific trigger where their fear elevates to a, an unreasonable amount and a persistent level where it's very, very difficult for it to come back down. Okay. So we hear people talking about phobias all the time out there in the world incorrectly. So today we're going to do some correcting of those incorrect presentations of phobia. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look. The fear, anxiety, or avoidance is almost always immediately induced by the phobic situation. They see the spider, the fear through the roof. They see the bear through the roof. And the mind, for those of you who weren't watching, I was pointing at my head. The mind, the mind shuts down. We have a fight, flight, freeze kind of response. Okay? To the degree that is persistent and out of proportion to the actual risk posed. So for instance, if you're watching somebody stumble and nearly fall and they are near the cliff edge, that's a reasonable moment to be fearful for their life. That's reasonable because they're stumbling and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to see this. Right? If you begin to stumble near the cliff and you're fearful for your life, that's a reasonable moment. Why? Because you're stumbling. If you're laying on your belly, at the edge of the cliff, the fear of somebody else standing there watching you is unreasonable. Unless, of course, you're at a cliff edge where, you know, maybe you're on an iceberg and, you know, those icebergs have these these glacial fallout and, you know, you know that there's a chance that that's going to go. And matter of fact, it's been warm lately and it's got a big crack in it. And all of a sudden now that's reasonable again. Right. We take in the cultural context and we we look at what's going on in reality in reality. So it's a reality-based assessment that all of us clinicians have to do. So why am I doing this today? Uh, Let's get to this. This is going to be fun. I've got a little game for you. For those of you watching on Rumble or YouTube, I am going to show a photo. It is my hope that you are going to look at that photo and assess your emotional reaction. All right? All of these, all of them, are flags that have different meanings and different realities, okay? What we're going to do is, this is what I want you to do, for those of you following along on, on the video. And for those of you who are not, I will tell you what they are. And I want you to assess your emotional reactivity. I want you to do two things. One, what's your emotional reactivity? Do you scale it at seven, eight, nine, ten? Okay. And I will, I will provide a little bit of a little bit of triggering on purpose, not to hurt you, but to help you. 
Okay. And then your job is going to go, okay, my emotion is a, you know, a, a one. And the reality is that's a one. Great. You're on track. My emotion is a seven. The reality is it's a flag. I mean, it's a, it's a two. It's a two. Now, if that flag in a different cultural context was put up, it might have different emotional meaning. Okay, so I might do a little bit of that cultural gameplay with you, but check this out. Here we go. For those of you following along, this is going to be fun. Number one we put up on the screen is, that's right, the good old American flag. You got the 50 stars, the 13 stripes, right? They all have meaning. And here in the United States, it's representative of us, the, the citizens of America as a whole. Now, some of you out there are like, oh, that brings up so much, you know, positivity and emotion and, you know, oh, this, the greatness and the freedom and all of this stuff. Is that reasonable? Some of you are like looking at this going, hmm. What about that uh, Christian nationalism that's going on and people raising that flag for, for, you know, for the nation and that meaning? And you're like, okay, so scale it. Zero to 10, 10 being over the top emotional. Emotion, by the way, can be positive or negative. It is not just negative emotion, but high emotionality. Okay. So for me, as an example, I can be realistic here. I look at that and having served in the military, I look at that and I look at that with looking at the men and the women that were by my side serving. I look at that and I think about my grandfather who, who died ultimately uh, because of uh, being, he, he was exposed to Agent Orange in Vietnam. And I think, you know what? There's so many people that have died so that I can be free to say whatever, whatever the heck I want to say. And I do. I say things that I want to say pretty routinely, all right? I take a clinical perspective in here, but I am not without opinion. I have lots of opinions. So I look at that and I say, I'm I'm probably about a six or a seven out of 10. And I'm like, yeah, and and there are reasons for it. There's history behind it for me. Now, you may be looking at that going, oh, I'm like a one, all right? What is reality? It's a flag that's representative it's a, it's a representation of our nation. All right. I think reasonable is probably in that four to six range. All right. So I'm probably a little overly enthusiastic, but I don't have a phobia. Right. I can put it into cultural context. I can look at it and go, okay, I could understand why a person might be a three. Okay. I, I get it. Do I prefer that? No. Do I wish that they would be a six, seven, eight, somewhere in that general vicinity or greater? Sure. Do I think a nine or a 10 is, is reasonable? I can see why people would go that way too, but I don't think that that's reasonable either because that flag represents the people. And when I look at the unity or the divisiveness within the country right now, I go, I mean, there's just not that much to be excited about at the moment. Could we get to that point? Maybe. But culturally, the context doesn't support it right now. Okay, so that was a simple one. Here we go. Moving on. Some people are reacting right this very moment. All right, I put up, for those of you who cannot see it, a Confederate flag. Okay, what does that mean? For those of you who know anything about history, there was a Confederate army. 
and it was part of the Civil War. Now, the, the Civil War in context had a specific meaning. All right. So I could understand why people would be more reactive to this flag, both positively and negatively. Why? Because it depends on your vantage point. In many cases, it depends on where you were raised. It depends on your family of origin. It depends on all kinds of different factors. So can I understand why people would be elevated and triggered both positively and negatively? Of course. All right. We got to be able to do that. My question again for you is the same. I want you to take a look at this and ask yourself emotionally, where am I? And in reality, put it in perspective. It has a very specific meaning. And in this particular case, we're looking at something that held a lot of meaning at a specific time, but it doesn't hold nearly as much meaning today. Okay, next, don't tread on me. Again, measure your emotional reactivity to it and then measure reality. You're going to find that they're not the same every time. Your emotions are going to fire up. You're going to find some of these might be a trigger for you. Those are the ones you want to explore. Okay, explore them and get toward reality, right? We want to have some emotion. Remember, anxiety is good. Phobia is not. Anxiety in moderation helps motivate us to do things, to grow, to change, to make adjustments. But to be fearful of is not. Goonies never say die. I have a pretty strong emotional reaction to this one. You probably heard it in my tone, volume, and cadence. Because that was a great movie and it took place not too far from where I grew up. And so the Goonies never say die. My guess is some of these are going to be a real positive experience for you. Others, a more negative. Both may distort reality. So we have to do that, that reality check. All right. Little, little fun game. Okay. Most of you probably recognize this and you're having a reaction. Measure your emotion, measure reality. It's a flag people. It's a flag. Your emotion and reality. Now, put it in cultural context. If you go to a pride parade, you're going to see this. And you're probably going to be excited to see this. If you chose to go to the pride parade, this is something you'd be looking for. But if this were, you know, being uh, put in front of your home and you were not uh, identifying as LGBTQ, AI plus spirit. I, I think I got them all. If you're not identifying as that, you might have a different kind of emotional reactivity because it's being shoved down your throat. Okay. Context matters. Context matters. I've talked about that in other podcasts. Go back and listen to them. Context matters. Cultural context matters. All of it matters. Now, this is a, a different version of the same thing. Again, you might expect this in certain environments, in certain ways, but not in other environments. If it's being shoved down your throat, it's probably a problem. How about this one? 
You ever seen this one? Most of you have probably never seen this one. And you've probably also never seen this one. Why do I point that out? Because this is the straight flag. Context matters. Measure your reactivity to it emotionally. Measure your reality with it. Here's a, here's a funny thing on this one. How many of you just witnessed something you had never seen displayed before? How about if this were displayed every single time you saw one of the pride flags? What if with in combination with one of these, you also saw one of these? Would that change your viewpoint? Would you be as triggered? But culturally, what we see is these, the pride flags, these two pride flags, the LGBTQ, these pride flags are common. They're common and they're put in front of you. They're putting front, they're putting this in front of the children. But these two, the straight flags, are not being put in front of you. Does that create an emotional reactivity? Is that a phobia? Am I transphobic because I put up a straight flag? Let me, uh, to be real, am I transphobic because I put up a straight flag in this presentation? Some of you would say, oh, you're homophobic or you're transphobic because straight people don't need a flag. But there is a flag for straight people. So, does that make me transphobic or homophobic? Some of you are going to argue yes. But in reality, that's your emotional reactivity based on cultural context. Your emotions are elevated because you're not used to seeing the straight flag. Put that in context. All right. How about this one? The Ukraine flag. Some of you are having a visceral reaction right now. Are you Ukraine phobic? I sure hope not. Measure your emotion, your anxiety, and look at reality. Ukraine is going through a very tough time right now. Partly they caused it. Partly it's Russia's fault. Partly you know, th there's this and partly there's that. But when you put it into context, this represents a nation, a nation that right now is being attacked by another nation. you're going to have a reaction, an emotional reaction of some sort. Measure that zero to 10 and then measure reality. It doesn't affect us here in the United States a lot in terms of the physical violence, but in terms of the monetary stuff, it does. Okay. These are all different things that you should be looking at. So here's what I would request of all of you. When you call somebody transphobic, homophobic, when you say somebody's a Christian national, when somebody's a racist, measure your emotion and measure reality. They are not usually one and the same. Sometimes you can be very stable. You can be very, uh, you know, understanding, empathetic, and you can actually Assess reality, tame your emotion, have a healthy level of emotion, 
that can happen, but it takes work. And if you're not putting in the work, it's not happening for you. I can assure you it's not happening for you if you're not putting in the work every single day. Today was designed to really test you, to really push you and help you. It's my hope that you got something out of this. If nothing else, I hope you understand phobia and anxiety a lot better because there is a lot of misrepresentation of the meaning of phobia and a lot of misrepresentation of anxiety in this world. Thank you so much for joining us. Please like, subscribe, follow, and do me a favor. Let me know what you think. Send me an email, you know, whatever it is that you, you go out there, go out there on uh, you know, the different social media sites. Um, reach out to us. Let us know what you're thinking. I love getting questions. I love getting comments. I, you know, I even appreciate the ones that I don't agree with. Matter of fact, oftentimes I appreciate those more because it allows me to really move things forward. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Take a look at the details of our podcast for links to our website and other helpful information.